I hit the wrong button again. Damn it. Oh, oh you did it. <laughs> I was so curse. flustered because I had to do the intro and I was like, oh, I hit the wrong button. It's okay. It's a thing now. <laughs> we didn't decide who was going to do the intro until literally right before. So hi, everyone. I'm Ms. Maximus. I'm here with Virtual Spectre and Moves Like Jagger from the GGN crew. Welcome to Tome of Knowledge. I don't know why I sang it, but it just felt appropriate. It it's because you're a bard now, Max. I don't think I'm a bard. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I want to be a bard. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to Total Knowledge. Uh, we're going to be talking about some things today around non-playable characters. Uh, but first, let's talk about some caches and cantrips stuff in general. So first off, tomorrow, Plenty Dreadful, 7 p.m., art stream, be here. I guess be there, be square, but it's here. Be here, be square. Doesn't sound as good if you say it that or way. Or be. Yeah. Yeah, be here or not be here. Oh, with that. <laughs> that were yeah. different shapes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, be here or be decahedron. Yeah. My yeah. favorite shape. Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't know. The D12? <laughs> it is now. Decahedron? <clears throat> is that? Uh... Is that a D20? Wait, no. I don't think Dodecahedron's a D20. I think it's a D12. Maybe. I don't know. Rapes. Isn't Deca mean 10? Uh, see, oh, Dodecahedron, D12. I think the Doe in front means it's 12. Doe, a deer? Or, oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, more yeah, singing references. Yeah. More singing references. People born in 2000 will not get that. <laughs> uh anyway if um thanks everybody for getting our youtube up to over a thousand subscribers and we're also ha almost halfway to the number of watch hours we need so if you're watching the stream like right now just open it up on youtube and just mute it it would really help us a lot because yeah yes please yeah, would help us a lot so i very much appreciate it and i very much appreciate all of you listening to our podcasts which if you're listening to this now on a podcast thank you we appreciate you. But uh, aside from that, I think that's all the major announcements other than Friday, once again, 6 p.m. Pacific, Castles and Cantrips Campaign 2, Can't if wait. you are so inclined. Anything yep. else we need to talk about? I don't, I don't think there is. Uh, you know, just check out the website. Yeah. We cool. got stuff there. Check out the website. It's in drastic need of um, being updated. <laughs> Don't at me, Masters but I'm working on cantrips.com. There it is. Yeah, what's going on? Yap, Village, Zeus, John. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and everyone well, else lurking. Hope you all are having a fantastic Monday. So, non playable characters. You want to jump right in it? NPCs. Let's go for it. So, I know that I have my approach to making NPCs, which is really all over the place. I should really do better. <laughs> um, but I think the first thing that I think about when I'm making an NPC is why are they there? What are they doing? You know, how important are they to the story currently? It's a really, yeah, it's, it's a really good start, <laughs> right? Because uh, there's some people, there's some NPCs that are just like, they're just background characters. They're just there, right? You know, think of 
someone on the street that has a little tidbit of knowledge to give like a shop owner, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I think th one thing to remember is to sort of proportionately plan your NPCs based on how important you think that they'll be in the moment. With that being said, you know, your party might decide that they absolutely love some turtle who runs a shop and that you need to maybe think of some more things about them <laughs> in their life. But yeah. Yeah. Why, why are any of the NPCs there? Is that why Bitcoin didn't tell us his adventuring stories? Cause they, they just didn't have anything there. <laughs> no, he had stories. He just didn't want to tell you. Ah, he's oh, a gentleman, sir. Good answer. <laughs> Um, but with that, a lot. Mm -hmm, go ahead. Go, sorry. Oh, uh, it sounds a lot like I've never DM'd, so I haven't had to create NPCs for players or anything. But mm -hmm. creating characters in general, I think uh, a good approach is like what you said. Kind of starting with, okay, this person lives in this space. They're mm -hmm. a resident of this town, this village, this city. What's their occupation first and foremost? Are they running a shop? Are they uh, or are they just like out on an errand? And you can start with like little tidbits of, mm -hmm. of sort of like everyday life tidbits and build from there, depending on like how you expect the players to interact with them. I think is absolutely yeah. like a very good place to start. Yeah, and I think that depending on like your like what sort of NPC are if they're like just a background character or what. Like in reality, and, and this is coming straight from the DMG, you should open it and read it if you haven't, if you're thinking about running a campaign. Uh, most NPCs, they really only need like one or maybe two qualities to make them memorable, to be honest. You need like one or two good things that makes them stand out and that makes them memorable. Uh, everything else can just, uh, you know, fill in. Three for us. Okay. Color of yeah. their eyes. I, <laughs> the color I, of their I, eyes, yeah. <laughs> That's number three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And do they I, like Valken? <laughs> yeah. Four things. <laughs> Are they interested in, Val in Valken? Um, but no, I mean, with, with some of this stuff, like, you know, for your background NPCs, it might be just be surface level. You just like, hey, what do they look like? Where do they work? What are they doing? Boom, bang. You know, give them a name if they need one. If they ask, have, have a list of names ready. Just in case you don't have someone named and they ask what their name is, that's a that's a pro tip for DMs. Have like a list of names just ready in case you need to pick one. Um, just bring up the baby name website. Yeah, whatever names <laughs> you have, there's plenty in, in generator dot whatever. Yeah, there's 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 stuff in the in I think the the DMG or is it Xanathar's or Tasha's? One of them's has like a big list of just different names. Uh, as well as the PHP, but get your, whatever, however you want to compile your list of infinite names, you know, do that. But I think what we're talking about more is a little deeper. Um, <laughs> I have named more NPCs, something like Gromblo than I would like to admit. <laughs> Gromblo, I'm gonna write that one down. Hold on, I'll add that to my list. It's it's a long lineage of of noble blood. Yeah, okay? the the Gromblo. <laughs> lineage the Grombo family, family of, line family of orcish myths <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so there i think if you're making an like an, a fully fleshed out npc first off is uh, unless you think you're gonna you're gonna use them in combat 
skip all the stats and shit like that unless you think you'll need it. Um, we'll get to that later. But there's a couple things, once again, straight from the DMG that I think uh, that I guess D- the Wizards also thinks as they put it in there that you can, you know, answer with like one sentence and you have an idea of like who that NPC is or what they're about. So I think what we could do is we could sort of walk through that, make our own NPC, and then see how they turn out in the end. We can all eh, have an accord on what we want this person to be. Sounds like a plan. Sound? You, can, you can go full chaos and just let the dice decide. I mean, we could, but then we'd We're have to... We're not going to, but I'm just yeah. saying you could. That's there. There's also tons of tables to roll on and stuff, but so the categories that they specifically call out to flesh out an NPC are occupation in their history, their appearance, their abilities, talent, mannerisms, interactions with others, useful knowledge, ideals, bonds, and flaws or secrets. Ideals, bonds, and flaws should sound familiar to any of you that have made a character in 5th edition because player characters do that too. It's a great way to sort of get an idea of like what their character believes, what they're about. So, you want to roll through this? Let's think of an NPC. First off, I'm going to ask, like, what setting are we going to make this NPC? Are we going to make it in, in Casters and Cantrips setting? Uh, yeah. I, I, if if this character well. that we make can we can meet in in the world, that'd be cool. So you want to do it in Eervos? Got it. Yeah, we can do it in Eervos. <laughs> right. It had to be from Eervos. Let's do it. So the first thing on this list is, you know, in a single sentence, describe this NPC's occupation in like a brief kind of historical note that hints at the character's past. So what do you want this person to be? Uh, all right. I already know the race that I wanted. I didn't think much farther than that. I thought there's two things I thought of. I thought of the race and uh-huh. I thought of the voice. <laughs> that's a- yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing in consideration that you can think about if you're, if you're playing in a game where you have to do accents and stuff like that. Uh, I would probably lump that under appearance, even though it's not the same thing, but that's where I would probably totally put it yeah. is put notes on like what they look like, what they sound like. What they smell like if that's important to you or your characters. I'm well, not I'm not asking y'all to ask what everyone smells like, by the way. Don't do that. It's <laughs> the new eye color. What do they smell like? Based off mm. what we know as players of Irvos, which is not a, not a lot, we have a, a place that's full of people that like to work with technology. So mm-hmm. maybe there's some type of artisan or uh yeah privateer or privateer (laughs) interesting a privateer so privateer is different than a pirate i want everybody to know this yes Yes. please vs explain so pirates are outlaws Mm -hmm. they hold no allegiance they serve themselves privateers are contracted to pirate on behalf of a nation mm-hmm. or empire or lord or whoever they're hired to do piracy against somebody that the person hiring them doesn't like. Uh, <laughs> Pirates for Hire is a privateer. 
So yep. there's the mercenary free... of the seas. Yep. Mercenary of the seas, pretty much. Yep, pretty much. The one one nation will hire them to engage in maritime Activity. shenanigans. Big thing in the Caribbean. Yep. Especially Spain and England. Yeah. There you go. For sure. Occupation. Boom. Done. Privates here. Which um, nation hired them? Yeah, let's dig into some occupation history. So, privateer, are are they the captain? Are they a crew member? What do they do? Are they do they are they like the bosun? Are they part of the vanguard that boards people? Are they a powder monkey? You know, are they the quartermaster. Uh, I'd say quartermaster or captain. If we're talking about a notable NPC, essentially, yeah. If you'd like. What is your brain telling you? What do you think, Moves? Um, I think, uh, I think. Well, my mind initially went to Cook, but maybe Captain's more cooler. <laughs> could be. I mean, here's the thing, though. Um, you know, even if it's even if it is the Cook, right? Um, I kind of want to go down this road, actually. Even if it's not, even if it is the Cook, even if they're seemingly a, a, a less prestigious. Um, position doesn't mean that their value as an NPC diminishes. That's true. So I'm gonna let's just say they're the cook. Let's go down this road. Or surgeon. I don't know. Two very different things. So privateer, a cook. Let's say cook. Yeah. What's a brief bit of history about them that we could that we could introduce of maybe who they were before they were a privateer or how they got it how they got there. Just a generalized sort of statement. <clears throat> Hey, let's see. How do you wind up as a cook on a privateering vessel? Maybe, perhaps they were they owned a a shop at one point, and shop went under, so they found work cooking wherever they could. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were. Maybe it's part of a commuted sentence for being a criminal. That uh-huh. okay, you have to be a cook on one of these privateer ships now, or either that or go to jail. They are the captain's no good brother, and all I can do is cook. <laughs> captain's no good brother, and all they can do is cook. In the captain's eyes, he could, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, they could We're be uh, them much out. more, yeah. So the captain believes he's doing a service by having him do this one job. He, little, he's helping uh, out. He's helping out the family, but a like, little bit of nepotism going on here. <laughs> the only reason he got that job is his his, his brother's the captain. I like so that. Like the parents, like take your little brother with you, and they're like, no, I'm gonna do super cool privateer stuff, and they're like, yeah, with your brother, and they're like, fine, they're just gonna cook then. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, I like that. So, Captain's no good brother. All they can do is cook. Only reason he got the job. I said I should say they because we haven't, de- yeah, I guess we haven't determined sure. who they are. Uh, but I guess we did since we said Captain's no good brother. So, the only reason he got the job is because his, his brother's the captain. Um, so, we have a sort of two brothers situation here. Um, yeah, I think that, that pretty much satisfies like their occupation in history like pretty well. Um, we can jump down next in the list is their appearance. 
this is where you would, you would look at things like what's their lineage like do they have any defining features about them that kind of stuff i have a fun <laughs> twist for our, our little like cook friend mm -hmm. that we can discuss later sure you said you uh, already had a, a race in mind I did. Uh, has it changed I your wanted... mind based on where we're going right now though you know it's uh, might it might have changed but i'm still gonna say it and then sure. if you guys are like maybe no and then i'm okay i'm okay with that as well but mm -hmm. i was i was it's funny because you you mentioned you made you did a thing in a video game max and i was like i i was like oh because in my mind we, we i wanted to make a grunk a grung interesting they are a grung um, and if you are unfamiliar with what grungs are in D&D, there was a small um, sort of, I think it was a charity related uh, supplement that you could buy from Wizards of the Coast. And it added the playable race of grung. And they're basically like frog people, essentially. More like, um, like they, I guess what they're described in the different colors are like, more like poison arrow dart frogs type of oh, I imagine the the way you could flavor them is endless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. But that's how they were yeah. originally um introduced. I think it was called like one grung above or something like that was the little adventure that they did. Yeah, so uh I guess if we're looking at grung, what color like we'll get into the appearance. What color like what do they look like? We can go wild here. This isn't necessarily Forgotten Realms, so if you if you like a particular color, a frog, we could yeah, do that. We could we could go tropical. We get crazy. You know? I mean, Irvos is tropical climate, so like a rain like a rainforest poison dart frog, where they're just like a bright color with like the tricolor ones or the the ones with the black spots. Hmm. Ooh, what if they're like mm. a, a what if their skin color is kind of a bright color? With some black spots, and maybe they have nautical tattoos weaved around their, yeah, the black oh. spots on their skin. All right, so I guess well, for like you want, like any color, color really. you want to go with orange. You want to go with blue, little some classic green, light light blue or orange. I think works. Something that you could see tattoos on. Uh, I think yeah. I think let's go with orange because then yeah. you can really. I like orange really see it so they're bright orange with black spots and nautical tattoos weaved around the spots nautical tattoos weaved around the spots any other um <clears throat> any other defining features about them um like what color are their eyes or do they have any scars? Are they, you know, what kind of clothing do they wear? That all fits under appearance. What do they sound like? I would include it under there too. I'm, I'm picturing an apron. I'm picturing an apron. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Grums even have eye color? I'm going to take a look at some some photo, photo images. I'm just looking at, at tropical frogs. I don't so Yeah, that works too. Think of the like bright orange or just black. I think a lot of the, like the poison arrow dart frogs have just like black eyes. Yeah, it looks like just jet black. I'm black picturing eyes. a uh, like no shirt, but like a food stained apron and like maybe some striped pants and some boots. I like you it. Know. Uh, 
pants like tucked into the boots, like the little, you know, fancy or not, not really fancy, like little boots that have the like the fold over type thing. Cuffs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuff is, a, yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, well, let's, let's say they have a scar on on their throat, but it's very minimal. But when they when they croak, it's it's like clearly visible. Ah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anything else you want to add to the appearance? Maybe how they sound. Um, how big is a grung? Are they like small? They're small. They're like halflings. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I, I had one tiny. voice in mind and one mind only. How good is your Sean Connery, Max? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to about- practice that. <laughs> <laughs> how, what if? I, I imagine since uh, this boat is probably filled with people from all sorts of lineages, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I I have to believe the cooking space is maybe not necessarily designed for a small uh, size person. So what if they have little wooden buckets tied to their boots that are like stilts that they can <laughs> be up on the counter mm-hmm. a little bit taller? So what if they walk around on like bucket stilts as like a, a little character quirk? Sure. When Buck is tied to boots to reach the counter? Yeah, I'm just spitballing. I want to say on their right forearm, there's probably some some, uh, burn marks, you know, some cooking gone wrong. Might have put some ice in some oil or something. So we have an orange grung uh, with no shirt and an apron, walks around on buckets with uh, his burn mark, and he sounds like Sean Connery. They sound uh, like yeah, Sean I'll, I'll put that. Sounds like Sean Connery. Long and chuck it hard. <laughs> I just think of Celebrity Jeopardy. Chuck a Trebek. Chuck a Trebek. See, boom. Max nailed it. We're in. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I think we got it. So, uh, a bright orange grung with black spots, nautical tattoos weaved around the spots with, with jet black eyes. Uh, burn marks on their right forearm from cooking mishaps. Uh, no shirt with just a, a food-stained apron, striped pants with them tucked into the boots. A minimal scar on their throat, but it's more clearly visible when they croak. Uh, wooden buckets tied to their boots so they can reach the counter to cook. Uh, and they sound like Sean Connery. All right. Uh, up next is their abilities. What are they good at? <laughs> Is this where we're talking about? Do they have a class? Uh, so we'll talk about that later because your NPCs they don't have to have a class. And when it talks about abilities, like you don't have to go and give them ability scores specifically. Right. You could just indicate whether they are um, like above average, below average, or average on specific like scores. Because in order, like putting points for every single NPC is is really pointless but for this person it might be notable like if you just have a couple key abilities that they're maybe better at than others or they're worse at yeah, that, would, that would help with majestic wolf's question too like how mm-hmm. do you determine the stats for an npc so yeah yeah I, I i do not give them numbered stats unless unless i think they're going to be in combat specifically because otherwise you really don't need them and you know most most people 
NPCs are just average, right? Think of like commoner, like 10 across the board, unless they may excel in, in one area or lack in another area because player characters are unique in that they're usually sort of like the superhuman, like, you know, hardcore adventurers, right? Most people don't, mm-hmm. don't hover into like the 16 or 18 like ranges. Yeah. This is why you have the baseline mm-hmm. of when, it, when you're making a character, for instance, where 10 is your baseline for an average member of the population in terms of like strength or intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, you know, kind of base things around that sort of. I think most be, people are this. <laughs> like, I think it'd be, we could all like either, it'd be hilarious if they were just like jacked as AF and like a super buff brung, or they can be very dexterous so they can do like funny tricks with cooking. I wanted them to be bad at cooking. Oh, here's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> we set up that the, the brother hired them or he mm-hmm. had to hire them and the yeah. brother doesn't think anything of them other than they can cook. What if they're just like an okay cook? Like we're talking can make decent like fried eggs and not much else. It's just but the same actually, food over and over. <laughs> yeah, but what if they're actually like really intelligent and they're actually far more of a strategist than their captain of a brother? Yeah, you could give them like high intelligence. Or their appearance doesn't give that, but as like a party talks to them and realizes, <laughs> wait a minute, this guy's why is he the cook? He should be captain of the ship. <laughs> so, so like low, like high ant low decks. So they're like clumsy. They're really like clumsy, not dexterous at all. Um, but they're just highly like I don't know, intelligent. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. That was just uh, that immediately came to mind when we had the like, oh, the brother had to hire. And I'm like, well, what if he's actually better than his brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting enough. Uh, the next one there is it says in one sentence describe something that your NPC can do that is special, if anything. And it has a table you can roll on. You can roll on it if you want. They're just there for ideas, or you can come up with your own, which is what we're doing. So, what do you what do you think that they're good at? What's their talent? <laughs> And you mentioned a little bit like that they may be an, like an expert tactician or something along those lines and their skills aren't aren't necessarily used for <laughs> in his current role on the ship. Yeah, maybe he's constantly yeah. maybe they're constantly grumbling about the the brother's decisions like I don't you know I would have done this if you know mm-hmm. if I was in charge. Yeah. So you go with that, like an expert they're an expert tactician. Yeah. Yeah, he's a tech. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. He's down there like chopping up veggies, thinking I would have shot them from the broadside that time. Yeah, what if he was like <laughs> he, was, he was mapping out the battle with the food arrangements and trying to hint to his brother, mm-hmm. <laughs> like his brother's like, those are just potatoes. Charge. Yeah, <laughs> put your potatoes away, little guy. <laughs> if you move the potatoes, and then strike with the grapes. <laughs> <clears throat> his cutting board is a map and he's just doing like using potatoes as like pieces mm-hmm. on a board <laughs> um flying through these uh the next one are their mannerisms so describe 
any member mannerisms, usually just one, but anything that um makes them unique. Uh, I I will say that probably we could have put sounds like Sean Connery uh, under <laughs> under this one for sure as well. That may have been more fitting here, but um, what are some maybe, mannerisms? Maybe uh, he he talks out loud, thinking he thinks out loud, not being cognizant of others around him. So yeah. Yeah, so um what else? Let's think of another one. Do they um do they have any like quirks? Like do they like tap their fingers when they're bored? Um do they you know I guess he's not gonna have a beard, I guess, stroke their beard with their thinking. Do they um I don't know. Do they pace a lot? Do they have like a nervous like energy about them what if he or, or what if they um what if they uh, as like croak if they're like i don't know annoyed or something if they, they, if, oh if you're like asking too many questions he just starts to croak like a nervous tick or something but croaking, yeah yeah so he just croaks whenever he's annoyed or like something um, makes them uncomfortable, and it's just like a reaction, like Moobs was saying, like yeah, a, like a tick almost. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, they, they'll, he croaks whenever he's annoyed or uncomfortable. Makes sense. Uh, okay, so the next one we have on this list here uh, is how do they interact with others? Uh, what's their mm. behavior around other people? Are they like aloof? Are they rude? Are they like overly nice? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to say he's rude because he's forced to be a cook and he <laughs> thinks he's smarter than his brother. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Is not like that with maybe rude, maybe passive aggressive. I don't know. I like that. Passive aggressive. aggressive. They, they, so he thinks he knows better. He's not a Walter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not an overtly (laughs) piece of shit. Those of you that (laughs) watch know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not a Walter, but he could come across that way. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think I think where Walter was just aggressive, where our Grung is more passive, passively aggressive. Mm. That kind yeah. of you know, well, kind of like what you alluded to before is like, well, I would have done it this way. Like, I'm not sure why he did it that way. That doesn't make sense, you know. That kind of stuff, like openly questioning authority, uh, in in like a nice way or trying to be nice way about it. I don't know. I guess it's not really being nice. It's just being shitty, but <laughs> less aggressive. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, I like that one. Positivity. Mm-hmm. Like, are you sure that you want to? Are you sure that you want to turn starboard into the wind? Like, is that really what you want to do? Like, it's fine. You're the captain. Like, it's fine if you want to. But are you and sure? That kind of works with moves. This idea of like Sean Connery, but from like SNL, just yeah. being kind of like snappy and like yeah. making fun of you know. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you did it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. 
Um, okay, next one is useful knowledge. So what is like a bit of knowledge that they have that might be useful to the player characters? Mm. It, it could be something um, important. It could be something not important at all. So the example they gave in the DMG is it may be something as important as, as like, you know, an important clue to solve a murder, or it could be something as benign as just like, what's the best inn in town? You know, could be anything. So, but if you were to encounter uh, this, this cook, what sort of knowledge would they have? Well, they're a privateer. Mm-hmm. So... privateer they, they've been with the crew they probably i'm trying to think of like how much like inherent knowledge would the cook have like about sort of the dealings of of the ship but i feel i feel like he would know or they would know more since their brother is the captain mm-hmm. maybe um, they have some information about their brother oh yeah they have some insight about the captain yeah, maybe the party is <laughs> Yeah, maybe the party needs like some maybe they need a bit of information that only the, the captain has and maybe this brother can tell potentially tell them uh, how to win him over or something. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that yeah, how, maybe they he knows how intimately he knows his brother intimately and how we can use that in our favor. They know the captain well and can tell the group the best way to win them over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, that's and a they, good that, piece of knowledge. Sort of saltiness could even come into play where it's like, uh, blow smoke up his arse or something like that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Make him feel good. That was more Deckard Kane, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. They, they, they have intimate knowledge about, the brother of the captain, but they're in such a, a, you know, the cook's position on the crew that, yeah, that makes sense. An unlikely um, place to find that information. Now I want to know what, what the brother is, looks like and what the brother's personality is. Yeah. Hey, it could be adopted. You never know. Um. So the next one is, so in a sentence, describe one ideal that they hold dear. What's one ideal? Um, so some examples are like greed for like a more evil related one or like the greater good or like respect, uh, that kind of stuff. What's like one ideal that sort of rings true for our, our grung cook? I'm immediately drawn to respect, but because it, doesn't feel he doesn't like he respect his brother. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, he felt like his brother gets too much and he doesn't get enough. That's where my mind that's went immediately. Solid. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I like it. Respect. I like it. Um, the next one is so in a, <laughs> in the sentence summarize people, places, or things that are especially important to the NPC. This is for bonds. What's their bond? We could go full Vin Diesel family. <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that as much as he complains about his brother, maybe yeah. he, he feels like he 
he still he's, needs him, you know. He's probably there to watch his brothers back and keep them at, keep them out of trouble. Yeah, so as much as he complains about his brother the captain, he's always there for him. Yeah. Solid. <clears throat> solid, solid. That's a good one. Uh and then sort of on this list, uh the last major one is describe their flaw. Could be based on their personality or their history that could potentially undermine them or a secret that they're trying to hide. Either one of those are good. <clears throat> hmm. What's their flaw? They're a deity incarnate. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> huh. Some examples from the DMG are uh, full-hearted bravery. Um, they have a secret crime or misdeed. Um, are they prone to sudden suspicion? Doesn't seem that way based on how we've written them. Are they overly arrogant? Envious of, of someone else's possessions or station? Maybe a little, little, bit, of, little bit of arrogance, a little bit of envious? Mm-hmm. Yes, they can be arrogant and they're envious. The envious of brother, uh, the quartermaster. Is it, was it more directed at someone else in the, on the crew that says, I know more than you do and I'm here to cook, but I should be by my, I should be by my brother's side helping them out kind of thing? Like a, like a first mate type of deal? Mm-hmm. Or a lieutenant? Yeah. You could also have uh, there's there's someone that says like shameful or scandalous history. Maybe, maybe the reason why he's in this position, as smart as he is, is because he's just, you know, maybe squandered away opportunities in the past, and mm -hmm. so he's he's bitter. He might be better than his brother, but his own decisions are why he's here, and he's getting in his own way. Yeah, that kind of um, jumps back to the idea we had a little while ago of of maybe they're here because, you know, that's instead of it being like a um, a commuted sentence, maybe maybe they're here because they can't get any other job. Nobody else will hire them for some reason. You know, maybe maybe they got caught in with the wrong crowd. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, his he had his brother bail him out and that's the only job he can hold now. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Interesting. Goodness. Interesting. Well, well, flushed cook. Uh huh. Yeah, and that took us like what the better part of like forty-five minutes, maybe even less, to do that. Uh, so let's let's recap here, and then we can we can give this old chap a name, maybe name what ship they're on. Um, so typically, uh, you go through occupation history, appearance, abilities, talents, mannerisms, interaction with others, useful knowledge, ideals, bonds, and flaws, or secret. So what we've done is for their occupation history, we have said that they're a privateer, but they're a cook on the ship. Uh, and uh, they're, they're their captain's no good brother and that all they can do is cook. And the only reason he got the job is because his brother's the captain. Uh, for their appearance, they're a bright orange grung with black spots and nautical tattoos weaved around the spots with jet black eyes. Uh, they have burn marks in their right forearm from cooking mishaps. 
Uh, they're wearing a no shirt with a food stained apron, striped pants with uh, boots with a cuff. Um, they have wooden buckets tied to their boots so they can reach the counter to cook. Uh, they have a small scar on their throat that becomes clearly visible when they croak. And they sound like Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the abilities, we said that they are highly intelligent, uh, low dexterity, so they're clumsy. Uh, for his talent, they're an expert tactician whose skills are not being utilized on the ship. Uh, mannerisms, I also put, sounds like Sean Connery again for good measure. Um, they think out loud. Uh, while not being cognizant of others around him. So he just thinks things out loud. Uh, and he croaks whenever he's annoyed or uncomfortable. So interactions with others. Uh, we put that they're passive-aggressive. Uh, he thinks he knows better most of the time. <laughs> in most situations. Uh, the bit of useful knowledge they have is they know the captain well. And can tell the group the best way to win the captain over. Uh, we chose their ideal as respect. Their bond, as much as he complains about his brother, the captain, he's always there for him. And for flaws or secrets, we added uh, they can be arrogant. Uh, they're envious of the first mate or quartermaster, someone on the ship. And also they've squandered away opportunities in the past, and this is the only job they could get. You want to name this fella? Ooh, what ship uh... they're on? Uh, Krogan. <laughs> That's Mass Effect. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> That's the hardest part. I mean, this is the hardest Mass Effect doesn't mean it could be his name. Yeah, I, uh, Grogan. Is that Gro Grogan? Yeah, it's like Grogu and Krogan put together. Sean Grungery. Sean Grungery. <laughs> Sean Grungery. Amazing. Long croak silver. <laughs> uh, yeah, Grogan. Grogan's fine. Uh, what what ship are his they on? His name is Bobin. Yeah. His, what yeah, what ship is, is Grogan uh, on? Trogan and Bobin. Trebek. <laughs> Trobak is his brother's name. Trobak. Amazing. Chaka Trobak. <laughs> I like it. The I like it. Name. Privateers name their ship is differently than the pirates, or is it about the same? No, nah, I think it's up to whoever um, owns the ship. Yeah. Sounds yeah. more official, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> what about, like. <sighs> I'm envisioning the brother as a, the captain, and like if this is his ship, maybe like the princess or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like in, in like you know his, in like history in like the Caribbean Golden Age piracy. Um, I feel like the like what you were saying is most of the like British ships were more like the intrepid and you know stuff like like those kind of words. Um, yeah. The I mean the the pirates were kind of all over the place. Like if you think like the yeah. the adventure galley, the walrus, the ranger, Queen Anne's revenge. Like, um, yeah. But I feel like like uh, it, I mean it depends. We also didn't uh, talk about what um, what country they're privateers for. Yeah, what city which, uh, privateers uh, for? Uh, that which might city state? The name as well. Yeah. 
I'm I think it would be interesting. Um let's see. <clears throat> Maybe we keep it a secret and then it'll be revealed during the show. I don't, you know. Sure. If well, you want we can keep that name is The Queen's Jeopardy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. And there there's is no, no queen. There's no queen. Like, <laughs> yeah. The Duchess's Jeopardy. Oh man. I mean, not not a queen in, in the uh, the Republic, but or maybe where they're from. But again, that could be like if it's the brother who owns the ship. <laughs> Maybe that's just another annoying thing about the brother that the cook doesn't like. He's like, there's no queen. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to use, what is it? The something, the something Jeopardy? What was it? Queen's Jeopardy or something or so, something. With, I like the idea of having Jeopardy in there. I think it'd be funny. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Double Jeopardy. <laughs> I could get behind like if they wanted to call it double jeopardy. I don't know if the if the thoughts of habeas corpus in, in like modern judicial like laws of practices were in fact there, but hey, you know what? The double jeopardy. Why not? Yeah, I mean, because because jeopardy doesn't necessarily mean anything with law in, inherently. <laughs> But just like gloss onto something if we like do an acronym for SNL. <laughs> uh we'll call we'll leave it at the double jeopardy for now. Why not? All right. <laughs> um yeah, so there's Grogan uh of the, the cook of the double jeopardy. <laughs> His brother is Captain Trobach. Yep. Captain Trobach. Captain brother's name is Captain Trobach. We've we've included too many popular uh, pop culture references well, for me to use this anymore. Did. So T R O B O K Trobach. Ah, I I, I spell almost the same, but with a C ah, and okay. a K. But yeah, no no C. Um, yeah, that's that's good to me. And I I think that following so one thing that I want to illustrate that when we did this is as we sort of followed along, like just asking like these simple questions, we immediately had tangents. That we automatically started like building for this yeah. for this character. Even thinking of of one thing gave us ideas for other things or things that were um, that you know were ahead. I guess in the question order that we immediately could start to see like what this character was about. Even even like from the beginning, like occupation and history, we we already got a like a bit of an idea of like who we want this character to be. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't go straight for the you know number one but it could have been the captain but you know we went we went someone who was like you know third tier worked mm -hmm. on under in the ship instead of on top of the ship yeah and that's that's kind of whenever we were whenever we had the idea of someone said it could be like the cook or, or something like that that's why i wanted to like grab onto that because you know you could have important characters or important NPCs or, or people with valuable information and they don't have to be an important person in like the world that you're in. Right. It's totally viable that this, this cook could have all kinds of information or be an interesting character, you know, depends on what kind of campaign you're running. Yeah, uh, maybe, I was say, 
Con mm -hmm. A context is probably a big factor. Like, what is the party doing yeah. at this moment? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? So who mm -hmm. are they going to be running into? Are they going to have the chance to have an audience with somebody like a captain of a vessel? Exactly. Or, or are they most likely going to mingle with a deckhand or the quartermaster mm -hmm. or a cook? You know, I think, yeah, yeah context is a big thing. Yeah, because in my mind is like un unless you're like an important person or one of the officers, you're probably not going to inter interface directly with the captain under most circumstances. <laughs> and if you it and might, if you are interacting with him, it's probably not good. <laughs> or it's like one of those things where it's like I'm the captain. This is my ship. Your quarters, the quartermaster will take care of you from here. Leave me alone. Yeah, you know yeah. We don't even have to meet them on the ship either because since mm -hmm. correct yeah this grogan is is maybe we cook. chartered the vesta maybe the party chartered the vessel for some reason or could be in town just gathering supplies for yep. for food you know mm -hmm. buying flour and all and and lemons citrus you know, <laughs> yes citrus to stave off the scurvy <laughs> yeah right but yeah that's that's 100 true you don't have to meet them on the ship uh one thing that the the dmg goes into specifically is about giving npcs stats and typically uh, uh, unless you think that they're going to be important enough that they might be in combat for some reason uh you typically don't need to can we how we, how we sort of uh displayed that today by just giving them like oh their dex is lower than usual their their intelligence is higher than usual um but there's a couple ways you can do this, like if you need to give them stats. Um, number one, and my favorite way to do this because the work's already done for you, uh, is just go find something in the monster manual or any of the other monsters and just use their stats. Find something that uh, that's close enough to where you could tweak instead of doing everything from scratch. Uh, because if you're making every single one of your NPC stat blocks from scratch, it's a waste of time. <laughs> Big waste of time. Save that for the important people. So, you know, off the top of my head is 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 if, you know, we thought Grogan was going to get down or something uh, and fight the party or perhaps, you know, help the party. And, and for some reason, um, I would, you know, go to think of like, okay, how, you know, how powerful is this person? Like, they're just a cook on a ship. They're probably not an adventurer. We didn't indicate any of that in their, in their, backstory but what would i use maybe i might look into like a bandit or or something along those lines of giving them a little bit more flavor like for combat you know and you can just use an already existing stat block is what i would what i would recommend doing um because depending on how long your campaign is you're gonna have a lot of npcs and if you're making them off from scratch then you must have way more time available than I do because I can't do that. Um, but that's something I do with monsters too. In general, is just take a stat block that I like and then just change it, change something about it. Keep keep the players on their toes, um, that kind of thing. But that's that's one way to do it, and that's the way that I that I absolutely recommend. Um, another way that you can do it is you can choose to give this NPC um, like classes and levels. Um, I would be careful about this in my personal experience. One is it goes way deeper than what you normally would need for an NPC. A lot of choices that don't really matter, those sort of things. Um, but you can, if you think they're important enough um, to do so. Um, 
there's a way to sort of like extrapolate like a challenge rating based on like what you create a character as. Uh, or, or do you think that challenge rating is sort of it's a flawed system, but it's the only system we got, <laughs> so we so we kind of use it. Um, I don't I don't know what it is. So <laughs> monsters have like a challenge rating typically, and that kind of gives you an indication of how powerful they are. Uh, and there's equations for like the level of your party and how many people are in the party versus what they can normally expect from an encounter, which makes okay. it like easy or like medium hard or like deadly encounters. And you have to balance that Gives with how many encounters a day. Like what you can throw at your party based on their level. It's yeah, it's a rough idea of, of what they can kind of handle. Yeah. And obviously you have to tweak it based on like what classes the party is. I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Yeah, but I, I would be careful about adding that because typically, like, it goes way further down the rabbit hole than you need for an NPC. And generally, I think that there could be some potential balance issues there. Um, I think with HP-wise and, like, damage output and stuff like that that you kind of have to keep an eye on because there are suggestions in the DMG of like what the HP is around this level, like what the average damage output per round is, you know, at this a certain like level or CR. Yeah. I could see that being something you save for like those very few NPCs that have like a significant tie to like the players of the campaign where kind of like in our first campaign, we had uh, the Baron, for instance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had a class for them. The, there were only two out of the whole campaign that I actually created with classes and levels. Uh, just for me to get an idea of doing it in a different way. You could absolutely achieve the same thing by getting a monster stat block and tweaking it or building one out custom. Uh, but the two were one was the Baron uh, and the other one was Risa. I built her out as, as a cleric specifically yeah. with class and levels. Oh man, we should have taking her with us <laughs> um i was thinking yeah. you were gonna say the uh the the old dragon woman but i guess that all you would need is the dragon stats for her yeah yep the, that was just a monster stat block with some tweaks and stuff on it um another thing that you can do too uh in you know with npcs and different like purposes too like um Let's say if like the the crew is going to have like a follower or someone kind of help them out for a quest or a couple quests, you don't have to go out and make them a whole like class and leveled NPC. Um, What I would suggest is jumping on over to Tasha's and look at the sidekick rules for creating a sidekick. It's like a more streamlined version of having to flesh out everything. And if you don't know what the side, the sidekick um stat blocks are like they give some examples uh of sidekick classes there uh and they break them down into uh experts spellcasters and warriors kind of sound familiar from one D a little bit and they're big three um i guess they have mm. are they big three experts warriors there's some there's another one priests i don't remember but kind of familiar yeah. um and to give you an idea, like, you know, the expert uh, can be any number of, like, expert-type things. Uh, they have, like, cunning action, expertise, like, some of those sort of things. Um, you know, they give them some special things that aren't that aren't um, in anywhere else, like, you know, inspiring help. 
stuff yeah, like, like that. reliable talent which i think is only mm-hmm. a rogue thing yeah yeah that's to fill that sort of um need they're a master of like something right yeah um so that gives like a scout a musician a librarian like a, like a burglar all those that has an expert and then you can go down to like spellcasters um i used a spellcaster sidekick um, and you'll have to forgive me of what her name was, but it was the former spellcaster that was a tiefling with sort of white skin and, and white hair that had previously been in Salon that you all had met. Uh, I cannot remember her name right now. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I can't remember every NPC that I've made, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not? I know. Well, it's because when I started campaign two, I just purged all of campaign one in my brain to make, to make room uh for campaign like, two i feel like i started just an it's a not, not it's not ashley but like my brain wants to say Annalise. don't ask me i didn't take Anna. very good notes was, the it first was, was it annalise see i do know yes. yeah screw you <laughs> um but yeah this campaign she she was a spellcaster um sidekick and they get things like you know cantrips uh and and like a couple of like leveled spells and stuff like that. Um, so those are really handy as well. Uh, and you can choose. Because mm-hmm. I would, when if I made a character, it was essentially a sidekick, but all I did is like, what's their AC? How much hit points do they have? Mm-hmm. And like one or two spells. And that's like all I really cared about. Yeah. And, and for the spellcaster specifically, they let you choose a role. Are they like a mage, a healer, or what they call a prodigy? And it sort of gives you, like, if they're a mage, give them the wizard spell list. If they're a healer, give them a cleric or druid spell list. And if they're a prodigy, give them a bard or warlock. And it tells you, like, the abilities. It gives you some recommended, like, starting cantrips. Um, and they're meant to just sort of, like, slot in. There's someone who can fill the role of literally, like, a sidekick. That's what it's for. And then when it comes to warrior, they get stuff like second wind. They get uh, extra attack at higher levels. Uh, that kind of stuff. Bonus proficiencies based on what you want them to do. So yeah, they kind of fill that more that more warrior-esque um, role. But yeah, I, I would, before I made a character with like full-on class levels and, and, you know, I would might look to this first because, you know, there's very few instances that I even use that in our campaign for full-on class and levels. So it's a lot of stuff to build, to be quite honest, that a lot of it you probably don't need. Well, especially in combat too, right? With like all those shortcuts you can do. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to make a full on class for every single combat. That's just like, there's like, I don't know how, not even people with them all the time in the world. That's just ridiculous uh, mm-hmm. amount of work to do. Majestic's asking, can the sidekick stay for the whole campaign? I mean, that's up to the DM and, and, and what um, their sort of idea is. I, I generally tiptoe around being careful about like DM PCs. Um, so kind of like, you know, an example in campaign one, like Sir, Sir Virgil or like Risa or like Ixius, like they, they're only around like for something specific and then they kind of just do their own thing. Uh, I think it would have to have a pretty like compelling reason of why a psychic would stick around the whole time, unless it's something you talked about with your, with your, uh, players and like, Hey, I want to actually do some play in here. This is cool with you all, but that's, yeah, that's another story. But I mean, if it makes sense, yeah. you know, that's yeah. that's fine. I mean, especially if it's a small group too. 
and you need you need the extra numbers mm-hmm. uh, just to make combat more balanced. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Totally I could see okay. having like somebody that travels with the party for a time. I don't know about a whole campaign. I feel like that would be yeah, it'd be something you would have to discuss as a uh, like a session zero or like at some point mm-hmm. during the campaign if that's what you would want. Yeah, and you, and you just have to be careful about like you don't want your sidekick to be the one leading the players. You want your sidekick to be there in the background and like to just be there for your players, you know, maybe as like exposition or maybe they have some information, but you you don't want to be the one running the game and then having your character also running the players group because I don't think that's fun for anybody. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's campaign dependent too. Like maybe you're only running a short campaign where you level mm-hmm. up like three times and so you can have a character with you the entire time. It, it just depends, I think. Your table may vary. Uh, anything else that you all want to add about creating NPCs or about Grogan the cook? Anything we may have missed? Any other clarifying things you guys want to talk about? Uh, do we have time to design his brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need Trebok? I don't think we have time for Captain Trebok. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, were, there, to... Go ahead, were there sorry. any NPCs you thought we would have latched onto in Campaign 1 that that you thought were like, oh yeah, this is going to be a super awesome NPC and we kind of just like, eh. That's tough for me to say, knowing my philosophy is I just create the sandbox and you all play in it. Uh, I'm going to look back at a list of NPCs. Um, I know I, one thing that I was surprised, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, that I wanted you to interact with them more, but I was surprised that you didn't want to interact more with, um, oh, what was her name? See, I'm forgetting characters again, y'all. I don't know every NPC I've ever made, unfortunately. Let me get my campaign one notebook out. We'll Distri- dig deep. Describe like the like was it, it was, nearly? No, no, no. It was the archmage in um in Falchir, Archmage Fexia, the one that was sort of the right hand of of Oscar. Ah, uh, yes. Because I was I was curious if you would sort of dive in more with her to gain information yeah we never talked to her yeah i'm trying to remember at what point in the campaign was she like relevant to us when you all were becoming emissaries of the golden feather i didn't want to speak for everyone but like i felt like the way she presented herself she was Mm kind of like unapproachable oh yeah for sure yeah so (laughs) she's like yeah don't don't waste my time don't even bother talking to me so i was like cool we'll just not do that Mm-hmm. That was that was the vibes I was getting. It so. could, yeah. I mean, it could, based based it also, on our characters, I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably why. But I feel like if maybe mm-hmm. we were a party of characters that were like more shrewd, like maybe up to date with like nobility and court stuff, or yeah, mages that's themselves was... might have had a more equal footing to be able to pursue that path. Yeah. Know? I was going to say that it more it more related in my mind to sort of the stance that your group took in that you weren't going to necessarily pick sides in this war, which you yeah. didn't really want to get involved with one of the one's courts because that really mean you're picking a side at that point. Mm. I think it relates in my mind. That's what it relates to more. But 
Yeah, I think yeah. If we definitely chose Vantis and went all in, yeah, and yeah, that that would have been a higher probability that we would be you know more associated or talking to her at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's there's some there's some characters that just based on how they're presented in the story that I generally have more information about them because I know that they're going to be like important based on who you meet, right? I, I want to ask this uh, since you've uh, DM'd the whole campaign at this point. Mm-hmm. Were there any times where us as players really like caught you off guard with like somebody like on the spot, a name, what they did in the did we ever like really just put you on the spot at, at, at some points when it came to like surprising you with wanting to talk to somebody or all the time? I can't think of a, of a specific instance, like off the top of my head right now of someone that you wanted to talk to that I didn't have fleshed out, but that really, that's more of another skill of DMing of being able to improv, right. Mm. Of, of really kind of understanding your world and like how people fit in it. Um, so even if you haven't fleshed out some NPC and the group decides to talk to them, you know, some things you can do, like, you know, maybe the information that they're seeking that, that Grogan, the cook has, maybe they don't meet Grogan, the cook, maybe they don't, they don't talk to him. Maybe they don't go where he is. It's totally okay that the secrets that Grogan was holding, maybe this other new NPC is holding because they've, they, instead of talking to the cook, they really want to go talk to, um, you know, the, the, this priest or this like vendor who sells bread for some reason, they found them very interesting. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that behind the scenes that you can shuffle around for it to make sense to you, like in your campaign. Um, because kind of what in my mind is, um, if there's something that they don't want to interact with and they don't want to see, or they don't want to, they don't want to, um, play in the game that's totally fine mm-hmm. you can you can take those pieces and reuse them you can mix and match them you can scrap them you can recycle them what you know whatever you need to do on the back end so yeah and i think some of the stuff that we talked about towards the beginning comes into play then like having a, like a list of names where like if the party talks mm-hmm. to somebody random you can be like uh i'll pick this name for them you know yeah they're totally have a I, name you know I have a giant the, ass list of names. The game style too, because um, my other group is like, "What's the town's name? What's the NPC's name?" So you're like, you get the party involved, you know, when it's just like something that comes up on the fly. So that's like mm-hmm. also a viable way to to do things. You're talking about having the the players come in and do a little bit of world building with you. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent makes sense. Just depends on your table and your style of play. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that have, that's come up or that even hasn't come up yet in the campaign too, um, where, you know, in players backstories, like, Hey, there's this person. I was like, you name them, you come up with their, with what their story is. Like it's your background, you know, have at it. You can help build in this world too. So give your players a little bit of empowerment to kind of flesh out some backstory and make the, the world a little bit, a little bit of, of theirs too, I think is interesting and, and enhances the experience. It's something I know I try to do when mm-hmm. coming up with my characters is I, I like to provide names and like positions for people that have been in somebody notable in my character's past because it's always fun to see if those things come up at any point. 
Mm-hmm. And I know it helps the DM so they don't have to come off with like a million people for my backstory. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, Dan, case in point for campaign one, um, Shoya Lake Academy was was VS. He he manifested that into the world, and then I just built on it, <laughs> probably in a way unexpected to how you thought it was going to go, but uh, you did all the heavy lifting in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, good job, VS. <laughs> yeah, I threw out some names, and I discussed Max about a location for it, and I uh, didn't really provide very much detail than that and max sort of took that and and built the the narrative off of it so yeah and i mean there's plenty of opportunities for that and like in, with campaign two with a lot of you know um azrix's and taj's backstory too where you guys gave me some info and then it's up to me to to flesh it out and figure out where it is in the world so all interesting yep. stuff fun i like coming up with story stuff and characters mm-hmm. vs writes the longest the out of all the people's backstories vs writes the longest and i and i appreciate both ends of the spectrum they're both good so it's <laughs> either here's all this cool stuff long. yeah it's like here's all this super cool stuff you can use or it's like hey do whatever you want and- online I've, <laughs> I've seen like the horror stories of people giving a dm like six pages <laughs> of backstory i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a couple paragraphs at most. I try to keep it contained. Mm-hmm. I did. I did three pages once, you know. But I had like, had like character. There's like my character's backstory, and then I had their character's backstory. Backstory, you know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. my father, and this is his backstory, or something yeah. like that. You know, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I did that once. It was like a lot of work. Yeah, totally, totally valid, and, and just. And it goes goes back to like talk to your DM, like how much do they want you to do? How much do they welcome? Do they want you to come up with all of it? Do, do they want to come up with more of it? It's, it's why it's yeah. a collaborative tor- storytelling game for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, because I I certainly wouldn't do that if it were just gonna be if it was gonna be like a two or three session game. Like yeah, no way am I putting that much effort into a character for that. <laughs> yeah, most of the time in like a two or three session game, your backstory won't even come up. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of why when we did the one shots, I was like, your backstory, whatever you want to do, it's it's for you. It's not for the DMs because we already have our yeah. own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But entirely dependent on on your campaign and your DM mm-hmm. and all that. Stuff. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on non playable characters before we wrap this up and put a bow on it? Uh, I learned uh, some stuff today. Somebody who's never DM'd anything, so I learned some good yeah. stuff. Maybe we'll see Grogan in the in the future one day, perhaps. Maybe we'll maybe see. some some version. Yeah, some version. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, yeah, maybe not too on the nose. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not Trebok or the Double Jeopardy, but you know, <laughs> maybe in some form or fashion, but. Anyway, Maybe we'll find a one shot to fit those guys. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for hanging out with us and watching us build an NPC and showing you all that uh, you just follow some steps and um, you too can make an NPC relatively easily. Uh, with that, if you haven't yet, please go subscribe to our YouTube. Watch some of our content. We just had a, a nice little short that came out today that was pretty funny from the first episode. So go check that out. And uh, 
tune in tomorrow for Bun's art stream and tune in Friday for our campaign. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific for art. Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific for D&D. So, with that being said, thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Out. Bye. <laughs>